it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Hello. Before we get started with the show, I wanted to talk to you about uh, something that's near and dear to my heart, and that is sleep. I travel a great deal. I travel all around the world. I just got back from Kiev, crossing the Moldovan border. And the thing I always look forward to is getting back to my uh, king-size bed with my MyPillow mattress topper installed on the top. Now, I like a firm mattress because uh, I have back problems from uh, a long time ago uh, playing sports in high school. But I love my firm mattress with the MyPillow mattress topper on top. You get the firmness, but also it's like sleeping on a firm cloud. I really can't explain it. But it is the most comfortable sleep I have ever experienced in my life, and I can't wait to get back to it every time I travel. If you go to MyPillow right now with promo code CDM, you can get a 50% discount on the mattress toppers. Uh, Mike Lindell is giving out amazing discounts right now. Uh, get them while they last. Use promo code CDM at MyPillow.com and get the MyPillow mattress topper, the best sleep you will ever experience. Thank you very much. Now on to our guest. Welcome back to Information Operation. As you may know, uh, CD Media has been on the Russia-Ukraine story literally for almost a decade. Uh, one of our uh, most knowledgeable people on the subject with a great deal of insight from both sides is Ed Lozansky, who ran the American University in Moscow and is also a, a uh, commentator for the Washington Times. Welcome, Ed. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so um, Ed, I know you're probably really upset about what's happening uh, right now, but give us your opinion as to what you think is going on and what should happen going forward, please. Um, yeah, thank you for giving me this chance to <clears throat> speak. Um, uh, it's uh, for me, it's especially sad mm -hmm. uh, because I'm, you know, I was born in Ukraine, actually in Kiev, mm. and studied in school. I speak Ukrainian um, fluently, <laughs> and then I moved uh, to Russia. Uh, to study uh, nuclear physics, and then I moved to America uh, to work on uh, laser fusion. I taught at different universities. So for me, all those three countries which are involved, uh, I, I, I see them as, as my countries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, conflict here is between Russia and Ukraine, but the uh, United States, uh, you know, it's... Um, heavily involved as well and frankly uh no i i think what i see uh, is that the conflict started not uh, on april 24 uh, it started uh, on december 25 1991 mm -hmm. and this is when um, soviet union collapsed and uh, three countries um, Russia, Ukraine, and you know, 14 other former Soviet republics. Mm -hmm. uh, they you know, went their own way, um, and um, they had the chance to build uh, prosperous states uh, free from communism, uh, and uh, you know, de depending on their leadership, which way they will be going. Uh, and uh, I was hoping that uh, both Russia and Ukraine jointly again, jointly with the United States, uh, we can build a better future. It didn't mm -hmm. work out this way, you yeah. see. And now our greatest, I mean, not just mine, but our greatest worry is that uh, it's not just a question about economy, about like, no, uh, ideology. Uh, most important thing is to be, don't enter in the World War Three. So this yes. is a question of transition from our hopes uh, 
and um, and what we see today. So for me, it's a personal tragedy, frankly. Uh, and uh, not yes. because I still have a lot of friends, family members in Ukraine, of course, in Moscow. I live now in Washington. And uh, it's a very sad, very sad uh, story. I'll try to um, you know, more or less present my point of view. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, what, what happened is that, that, again, coming back like 30 years ago, or probably you now 30, what, 31, uh, I, I, at the time, was uh, just a regular uh, physics professor. I was teaching physics and, and math at American University and also at Long Island University. So this was just a, a regular you know, professorship. Uh, and um, uh, after Soviet Union, even actually a uh, um, couple of years before Soviet Union collapsed, I see where it's, where it's going. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know, and uh, it's interesting that uh, mm, uh, no, Washington and, and CIA and other agencies who are supposed to know what's going on, they didn't see Soviet Union coming to, to its end. Uh, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of obvious that this is, uh, as soon as Gorbachev allowed uh, this freedom of speech, of travel, uh, communications, uh, then uh, communism could no longer stand uh, the way it was under a rigid uh, communist uh, dictatorship. Um, so I, I was uh, actually delighted because I, uh, this is what I wanted. I wanted Russia to be free and, uh, mm -hmm. and of course, Ukraine. Um, uh, and um, uh, no, we were sending signals uh, to um, no, Washington establishment. To Congress. I had a very good friend. Actually, he played a very important role uh, in uh, my life, uh, and uh, I never had it. That I'm a Republican. I consider myself a conservative. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my good friend, his name is Paul Weirich. He was actually founder of the Heritage Foundation, mm -hmm. you know, most most uh, probably you know, famous uh, think tank of um, uh, Republican conservatives. And then he later uh, founded another group called the Free Congress Foundation. And Paul Weirich really was a kind of had easy entrance to any place in on Capitol Hill uh, and uh, in the government, State Department, and even uh, to uh, White House. Uh, so um, through Paul, uh, no, we maintained established kind of a working group. Uh, and this working group was um, uh, welcome in um, Moscow, uh, was welcome in Moscow amazingly because both Paul and I were uh, on a bad list of the Soviet Union. But in um, suddenly in 88, so three years before Soviet Union collapsed, um, uh, we received invitation to come to Moscow and uh, talk to uh, Soviet leadership uh, because mm -hmm. Soviet, uh, Gorbachev and his right-hand man, Alexander Yakovlev, kept sending signals to Washington that um, we are <clears throat> want to no, uh, forget about this uh, expansionist Soviet uh, policy. Uh, we, really, uh, we still think that socialism is good, but still we don't want to like, impose it like we did before on Africa, Latin America, no more expansionist. Moreover, uh, we even <clears throat> ready to let Eastern Europe go free. You're talking about 88, well, end of 88. So we couldn't believe yeah. what we were hearing. <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, Jakob... And Ed, Ed, let me say, let me say you, you were somewhat famous in the Soviet Union because you had defected and then brought your wife out six years later. So you were in the news... So for you to be asked back was a substantial thing, correct? The only thing is that I didn't defect. I was thrown out. This is oh, okay. Okay. Defect okay. is when you are on a tour and then you escape. This happened too to many uh, people in the past. No, this means it was different. But uh, I don't know mm -hmm. because my personal story is so long. Then we can spend our. I wrote books and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Maybe 
Yeah, it's up to you, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we won't talk about. It. I just wanted people to know you were somewhat you were famous in the Soviet Union. So when they yeah. asked you back, was was interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah. I was called the CIA agent <clears throat> in the Soviet Union. Mm. I was called CIA agent, mm -hmm. uh, and he, actually not just CIA also, but NATO agent. Because mm -hmm. from what I was doing, and the only thing I was doing, it was uh, saying uh, exactly what I say now to you, my my honest opinion. <laughs> And I was right. saying, but at least here in the United States, so far you're still allowed uh, to say it. Although uh, listening to what's happening to Tucker Carlson, uh, yeah. who's accused of treason, <laughs> you know, this is something very dangerous. Yeah, it reminds me of the Soviet Union. You know, it's a, but anyway. Um, now we explained to Yakovlev that all those um, uh, statements that he's making. Uh, no one would believe it because who would believe Communist Party and, and KGB and, and all this stuff? So, mm -hmm. what we told Yakovlev is that uh, let's do this uh, let's bring uh, a larger group, uh, people who would then bring go back if they, if they believe you, and then we can go back to Washington. And then uh, it's not just Ed Lazansky and Paul Weyrich uh, are saying because we believe Yakov, actually, we believe, especially yeah. when he said that. Uh, we are ready to dissolve Warsaw Pact, uh, dissolve, actually, those East European countries can go free uh, uh, if, they, if this is what they want. Um, and we believed he, he was sincere, and, uh, uh, but it was not enough. To, to, so we brought, he, agreed, he said, bring anyone you want. So um, it took us like a couple, few months to arrange a large group of Americans. If we picked the most anti-Soviet, anti-communist uh, types, uh, you know, just to make sure that you know, they can't be fooled. <laughs> and so if they um, talk to Gorbachev and to Yakovlev and they come back and say, maybe, you know, uh, right. <laughs> more uh, no, credible. Uh, so this is what we did. In April um, uh, 89, we brought a large group uh, and uh, this, uh, we called it, the conference was Understanding the Values of Western Civilization. Imagine. Mm -hmm. A conference in Moscow uh, with the Soviet elite, foreign policy elite. Uh, and we were placed in the hotel uh, called, at the time, Oktyabrska, now it's present hotel, which was reserved only for high-level Communist Party officials Mm -hmm. uh, from, of course, because it was international communist movement. The communist parties were all over. But yeah. even they would come to Moscow, they would see this. So, uh, anyway, and uh, in the presence of, in, with us, we are two U.S. senators, two uh, most conservative, Phil Graham um, uh, from, from Texas and uh, mm -hmm. Bob Kasten from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the you know, political scientists, the journalists, um, Frank Shakespeare, uh, was um, at that time he was ambassador to Vatican, but before uh, he was head of the uh, Voice of America and Radio Liberty, two you know <laughs> broadcasters. Yeah. So this is was our team. You know? uh, and after listening to um, uh, Russian uh, speakers and especially to Yakovlev, we after this uh, general conference we had a smaller group, uh, and this is when Yakovlev repeated. In front of uh, Phil Graham and uh, you know all the uh, and uh, um, uh, Bob Caston and Frank Shakespeare, that uh, we are ready to be um, not just uh, partner uh, or friend, we are ready to be ally. So mm -hmm. Soviet leadership, communist leadership, Politburo, but <laughs> Yakovlev was a member of Politburo, right hand man of Gorbachev. They, they were saying that we are ready to be your ally. Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, we went back to Washington with this messages, now a large group. Uh, Paul Weirich drafted uh, uh, you know, a summary because he was had direct access to George Bush. Uh, and, uh, mm, no. um, and then uh, it, it's just actually it took it's not didn't come immediately because it's, uh, you know, you have to prepare discuss all that stuff by the time we were uh, 
doing all this stuff. We had some other meetings uh, because you see, the, at some point, we were not sure who we should deal with because right. we, we saw Gorbachev on the way out, right, and Yeltsin on the way in. So Paul was a little bit hesitant immediately ago because what if all those promises from Gorbachev and then Gorbachev leaves, uh, then then the, all, all this becomes kind of a, so, so what uh, what we did we brought some already people from from Yeltsin team and mm -hmm. people from Yeltsin team really his close circle and they came to Washington they made speeches uh, and again. Uh, we, we even met with um, Dan Quayle, vice, vice president of the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then, of course, on Capitol Hill, uh, all doors were open because of, again, because of Paul. Right. And, well, um, then what this happened, what we predicted, and this is something which Washington didn't expect, that the speech of uh, Gorbachev on April 25, I'm sorry, December 25, uh, and Soviet Union... No more. Yeah. Okay. Now Paul feel okay. Now we know who is in charge. Uh, so he this is a proposal we were working on because it was not just let's be friends, let's be all. We had detail, and this proposal included deep integration of, uh, of course, in the economic uh, part and also in the NATO. Uh, no, Russia under Yeltsin was ready to to join NATO because mm -hmm. all those proposals. Mm, uh, I believe this proposal somewhere. It's too bad that I didn't keep a copy, uh, but it's somewhere because yeah. uh, no, this meeting is on White House calendar. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, Freedom of Information Act, etc. We can dig it out. Uh, but the, the only thing I know is that Paul, when he came from White House, he told me what, what happened. And he said that that um, Bush was very interested. He said, this is it's a great. And remember, he said famous his uh, uh, statement that from now on, uh, we are building a new security architecture from Vancouver yeah. to Vladivostok. This is also on the record, okay? Not just from European, sometimes people say Lisbon to Vladivostok. No, uh, Bush no, had a larger vision. He said from Vancouver to Vladivostok, mm -hmm. uh, and um, this is '91, uh, and um, uh, well, and moreover, um, uh, this is something that uh, even happened um, um, maybe before um, uh, because we had some preliminary meetings as well. So Bush, in uh, I think, I believe in August, uh, um, this is a very important thing. Uh, I think, yes, we can check the date. I think it was August 1st, 91. Soviet students were still around. Uh, and so Bush went to um, Kiev and he uh, addressed to Ukrainian parliament. Uh, and he said that don't even think of uh, no, leaving Soviet Union. And then, and especially he warned against this nationalism because right. we don't want to replace communism was this uh, violent nationalism because it would be no good, no good for right. you, right. no good for, uh, for the world. So he won. And uh, of course, everyone smiled, uh, not just smiled, laughed at Bush, called this speech Chicken Kiev. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and again, uh, Bush CIA was telling him, I assume, uh, he, he used to be CIA head, so he had some, some contact, yeah. that, that Soviet Union is not going. So you're talking about August. 91 and still uh, Washington establishment didn't believe the Soviet Union is uh, right falling apart I can I can understand it's just uh, how would this happen there's all the intelligence and we have what 17 intelligence agencies and they they didn't know what we just regular you know folks uh, <laughs> knew on the ground anyway uh, um, so Bush Again, Bush was ready for this security architecture from Vancouver to Vladivostok. Apparently, mm, uh, Washington State, sometimes it's called swamp, sometimes mm -hmm. deep state. Uh, there's another term coined by my good friend, uh, Ray McGovern, who was a senior CIA analyst uh, during the Bush and Reagan 
administrations, he was in charge actually of Soviet desk. Mm. And uh, uh, after he saw what's going on, he, he resigned and he's now one of the harshest critics of US foreign policy. Mm. He coined the term <clears throat> Missimet uh, because uh, f expanded the famous um, uh, MIC, military industrial complex, uh, which Eisenhower you know, coined, um, had only three letters. And uh, Ray McGovern expanded it to, to eight letters. He added to military industrial, he added Congress, and intelligence, <laughs> media, of course, think tank, and this is it will be like Missimet. So, yeah. so from three, we went to, to eight. Uh, and this monstrous uh, kind of uh, conglomerate, I know what other terms you can use, they were not interested in having uh, Russia as a friend. We were talking about ally. Uh, yeah. My my website, uh, Russia.org, um, our logo is from confrontation to alliance. I was always mm -hmm. rooting for, for the top. Uh, for me, friendship and uh, partnership is not enough. I wanted Russia and mm -hmm. the United States to be allies. Uh, again, in, in, including uh, members, uh, being member of NATO. Now, of course, I would not advise anyone to join this organization. Yeah. See what, what they're doing, but at that time, well, maybe we were naive. I don't know. Maybe. No, I'm just scientist. You know. Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, many people were naive, uh, and then the um, uh, guy who explained all this stuff is no one else by George Cannon. George Cannon, former U.S. ambassador to Moscow, actually, mm -hmm. what some people call him architect of the Cold War. He was, of course, strong anti-Soviet, anti-communist thinker, uh, theory of containment and all that. It's all uh, George Kennan. Uh, and uh, George Kennan, mm, uh, his famous two quotes, two quotes. First is even before Soviet Union collapsed, uh, but he also saw that it's coming. Uh, and he said, well, if one day we wake up in the morning and Soviet Union is no more, it's synced in the Atlantic or Pacific Ocean, all that. We will have to quickly invent mm, another enemy because mm -hmm. without enemy, our, our economy, he was thinking about like only economic, uh, at least in this quote, our economy will, will sink <laughs> uh, following this Soviet Union, then uh, American economy, because it's mm -hmm. so uh, dependent on this uh, military industrial complex or uh, or whatever or Ray McGovern's missing it. Um, and then um, another dramatic thing happened is uh, when Bush, who still had some uh, inclination at least for, for towards this road, but he, he lost. He lost elections um, in, in, in 92. And then Clinton, um, his uh, policy was a complete detour. Uh, with words, he was, of course, snapping Yeltsin uh, on his back and uh, saying, oh, you're a great guy and all that stuff, smiling. But beneath all those smiles, uh, what we saw is um, uh, no, uh, euphoria that we are now uh, the only superpower. Uh, we don't care what Russia wants or doesn't want. We will do what we tell them to do. Uh, and uh, most dramatic, uh, of course, what all those advisors and economic advisors who he sent, uh, this was just horrible. Uh, and it, it was even some lawsuits because Harvard University get millions of uh, dollars uh, just to help Russian transition to uh, free market. And in the meantime, they were making money on inside trading and all that. Yeah. Of course, uh, you know, a lawsuit ended with nothing. Uh, professors who were involved in this still maintain their jobs and all that. Um, some nominal you know, fines and all that, uh, but most dramatic, uh, uh, by the way, to finish with economic advice, it's all that to collapse. So, so Russian economy in 98 just simply collapsed. And there's yeah. a famous booklet prepared, by the way, by, by Congress. Uh, Congress uh, prepared a special, but it's still available on the web. It's called Russian, Russia's Road to Corruption, How America you know, Failed uh, uh, Russian people, the aspiration for freedom and democracy. This book 
is available. Just uh, Google search says Russia's road to corruption. And it was prepared by a group of members of Congress who went to Moscow, talked to people, you know, and put together this thick book with photographs and all that stuff. So first, uh, this uh, was um, economic uh, collapse. And then um, what happened in 98, the same thing. And this is actually why main reason, because Russia recovered from this economic recovery. But mm -hmm. uh, another dramatic and probably fatal mistake uh, was NATO expansion. Because yeah. why? why would you do that? Uh, at that time, NATO had 16 uh, members, 16. And this was enough to contain, uh, to you know, protect the West from the Soviet uh, yes. invasion, 16. Suddenly, why would you start expanding this body, spend money, all this, uh, um, and uh, antagonize Russia, which actually... Why do, why do you think that is? Is it just power? I mean, what do you think the reason is for that? For NATO expansion? Yeah. Well, uh, two things. First is, of course, uh, as George Cannon, uh, which, by the way, he said this. Uh, remember, the first quote was about economic, uh, you know, consequences yes. of um, um, uh, of, uh, uh, of Soviet uh, collapse. Uh, but then uh, he also talked about NATO expansion. He, he said it's most it's a tragic it's most tragic mistake of U.S. foreign policy this NATO expansion. You're talking this, uh, you hearing this from uh, the guy who is the author of, uh, you know, uh, Cold War and rhetoric and Soviet containment, yeah. saying that expansion was absolutely not necessary. Not just George Cannon. There were many others. There's uh, about 50 top American uh, with political thinkers, legendary names. Uh, it's also all what I'm saying is easily fact check on, on, on the web. Uh, and this is... Uh, um, uh, is armscontrol.org uh, and there's a letter um, before vote in the Senate uh, for NATO expansion. 50 top, including former diplomats, members of Congress, senators, uh, uh, media experts, uh, they um, say the same thing. It's a, you don't need to, please don't do it. Senate voted anyway. 19 senators voted again, but it was not enough. You needed like 34, right, to kill it. Uh, this expansion, it didn't happen. NATO state expansion. Why? Uh, um, it's first uh, economic reason, because the more we have NATO members, the more it's arms uh, manufacturing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also this uh, superpower, hegemonic uh, vision uh, that. Uh, we need to, to maintain this uh, world order, unipolar world order. You know, uh, it's not enough to have just U.S. army. It's huge, it's powerful, but still, planet is also large. So NATO is an uh, instrument uh, to you know, help maintain this uh, hegemony. Uh, and so now we have, like, it started under Clinton and continued, continued, and Russia had no choice but accept this because Russia was weak, economy collapsed and all that. So, of course, they grudged the you know, tooth and uh, uh, but did nothing they could do. But then the war in Serbia also was right. part of that. Right. Yeah. But um, uh, the, the red line, which we see results now, was uh, Ukraine and Georgia. So NATO was expanding, yeah. expanding all former, so all those wars of uh, no pact which was dissolved now all those countries were moving into nato um and um at, at some point you can say okay they suffered from soviet union but soviet union is no more so why don't yeah there's no threat coming from russia uh, so yeah. what, what what do you just benefit from both you benefit from uh, the west and you still have those Context of you, you, this was a country they had this economic ties to, to Russia, and Russia is very rich in all the I mean, with, with uh, all those resources. So, why don't you just you know maintain friendly relationship with the West and with, with Russia? And this is exactly what we suggested that we have this now security arch from Vancouver to Vladivostok and can be both security and economic. Yeah, and for some reason, those East European countries they wanted to be part of NATO. Okay, this is what they wanted, maybe fear from the Soviets and, 
all this uh, maybe issue from historic Tsarist Russia, but right. people in Washington had to be smart enough saying, we understand this, but it's, it's not good. It wouldn't good, do any good for you. It wouldn't do any good for uh, uh, us uh, because it's a great burden. Uh, and uh, anyway, Washington was only happy to, to do that because for the reason of this uh, power, power of um, uh, missing it. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but Putin explicitly said several times that Ukraine and Georgia know. And uh, Bill Burns, by the way, I know him quite well. He was ambassador uh, to um, Moscow. And uh, I was on the guest list and whenever they had receptions every 4th of July. My wife and I were on the guest list. And so we had uh, actually chatted uh, many times. And uh, frankly, he even spoke um, at one of our events. We had like regular events in Capitol Hill, again, with Paul Weirich's help, when we were talking about the same ideas that let's have Russia as our, you know, uh, I, I always kept talking about allies, but people told me, okay, let's talk at least about partnership, friendship. Uh, but no, I was trying to, uh, no, fight for something that more, more uh, like ally. For me, it's like top of the list. Still, uh, the, and Bill Burns was our speaker, and uh, you still can find this on the web uh, as a speech, uh, which he thanked me uh, for inviting him to. And he, he, he talked uh, along the same lines as uh, you know all members of this group. Um, and we were meeting on Capitol Hill in one of these uh, auditoriums in the Senate. Yeah. Hard Senate office. Now, uh, he was ambassador and he kept sending messages to Washington that uh, Georgia and Ukraine is a red line. Yeah. And saying that it's probably not, not a good idea. Now, and listen, now we have, what, 30 members um, from so, so 16 was enough to you know, uh, maintain the security from Soviet uh, power, which is uh, was huge compared to what Russia is. And then somehow we have 30, but Georgia and Ukraine is still on the books. Yeah, they still it was delayed because of Germany and uh, France felt that this is something that not a good idea, but still on the books at some times. Yeah. So uh, coming back to, to what we have now, uh, I think this is like history, right? You, you know, you can choose whatever I think from all this huge <laughs> long monologue. You can yeah. Anything. But coming back now, what we see, we see the result. It was important to say because otherwise we wouldn't understand why. why yeah. Know. And so, um, what's uh, second blow was, of course, um, uh, 2004, uh, is because uh, Ukrainian people. All polls indicated the Ukrainian people don't want Ukraine to join NATO. Yeah. Uh, so it means that uh, the um, government has to be changed, regime change. Yeah. This is what happened in 2004, so-called Orange Revolution, uh, backed up by, of course, by the United States and, and other uh, European countries, uh, and brought um, Yushchenko as president, mm -hmm. uh, which actually... Uh, said that yes, we are going to join NATO, but still uh, was not enough. Public opinion still was resisting, uh, and uh, Yushchenko didn't succeed, and um, uh, and he lost, he lost elections, uh, and he lost elections as a guy Yanukovych. Of course, uh, everyone's talking about his corruption and all that, but uh, show me one Ukrainian president who is not corrupt. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Poroshenko is so corrupt that uh, uh, he, um, American embassy, uh, John Taft, who was ambassador in Ukraine, he kept sending signals to, to Washington saying that this guy is corrupt. Yeah. And still, Poroshenko was invited and he addressed both chambers of Congress. This is new. It's a, such a prestige. You, both right. chambers, when the American ambassador is saying that, that he is corrupt. Uh, uh, and this guy is Zelensky. It was recently opened. He has a lot of offshores. Maybe he's not as corrupt as um, Poroshenko, but uh, he definitely has used offshore accounts. And, and uh, of course, um, yeah. he was outed in the uh, Panama Papers, I believe. Yeah, right, right. Because of that, yeah. Um, so, um, 
Yushchenko lost, and then Yanukovych, Yanukovych, who said, "No, we don't want to join NATO." So it means that uh, he had to be overthrown uh, yeah. the same way. And then the coup, uh, it's coup 2014. Yeah. It's a coup. It's interesting that um, no, no one is really denying that the U.S. was heavily involved in this coup. Right. Um, oh, we've confirmed that, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, no. Moreover, uh, this coup happened in, uh, I think, April uh, 22. Uh, and uh, 2014, but on April 4, April, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, let's let's say it again. Uh, coup happened on February 22, 2014, and on February 4, so it means a couple of weeks uh, before the coup, Victoria Nuland, who was at the time Assistant Secretary of State, right, uh, she um, was composing a new government of Ukraine. This telephone conversation also is available. Uh, I think YouTube, you have to praise them. They, they didn't remove it yet because sometimes they're removing things they, which are not, not yes. compromising. If you go and search um, uh, February 4, Victoria Nuland, his speech, he discusses, uh, she discusses. The, it was a phone call that was taped and released, yes. Right, right. It's still available uh, on YouTube. Yeah. When she speaks to uh, Jeffrey Pyatt, the U.S. ambassador, and they're talking about who's prime minister, who is part of the government, who is not, who stay away, all that stuff. <laughs> and at the same time, she said famous, uh, no, fuck you. Which, yeah. uh, this is something that so she insulted the whole European Union. And usually when diplomat, uh, someone does something like that, uh, she or he is demoted. Yeah. Victoria she was promoted. She was not. Uh, she at, at the time she was number six. I checked the rank uh, when she said this fuck you. Um, she was number six according to rank. Now she's number three. So this is how what how you build your because uh, the whole administration was involved. The State Department was involved. Right. Moreover, she mentioned Joe Biden by name in this conversation. She said that she checked because Joe Biden had um, uh, this happened all during the Obama uh, yeah. years and. Uh, Joe Biden had Ukrainian portfolio, uh, and she said that I know she checked with Joe, and it's, it's okay with Joe. Joe knows. <laughs> well, an interesting point also is all the techniques they used in Maidan, they used against Trump, actually Bernie Sanders, and then Trump in the U.S. later. Oh, yeah. But that's a, that's a whole other subject. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, of course, foreign policy and domestic policies they somehow intertwined until. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's very sorry. Uh, it's a story. I don't know uh, at this point um, what can be done. Uh, it's when how, do, how do we stop the war, Ed, between the U.S. and Russia? How do we stop that, in your opinion? Well, I think that maybe it has to be. I'm advocating for a long time um, uh, this meeting, uh, which of course didn't happen so far. It's meeting of. Um, Russia, uh, Russian leader, U.S. and China, because mm -hmm. whenever um, we hear a story uh, that who is greatest U.S. enemies, you talk about Russia and China, and since Russia and China are now, uh, they understand that it's uh, the only way for them to survive is maybe to <laughs> get close yeah. to each other, uh, and um, maybe three of them should should meet and somehow come up with some kind of compromise. I was yeah. advocating this. Uh, since it was Trump, uh, but yeah. Trump um, was under pressure that he's Russian agent and all that, so he could not do that. Um, does, does Russia really trust China, Ed? I know they're pushed in their camp, but is that old animosity still there underneath? Um, in foreign policy, I don't know if you really can trust someone 100%. This is uh, the only thing I think that she's uh, at this yeah. point. They, they don't have anyone else to turn to. Okay? Uh, it's just the, right. Russia, the, uh, the only country they, they can turn to is China. Whether I don't think China will go all the way yeah. and hurt its, uh, her interest uh, to, to help Russia. At the same time, China knows that uh, if Russia goes down, then, uh, then next uh, is their turn. So uh, 
the problem is the same. It's also clear uh, threat of nuclear war. This is something yeah. we need to think, uh, and not not just we, but but um, U.S. U.S. government and uh, other governments as well. That we are now getting closer and closer. Uh, already in UN, Secretary General of UN is talking about this. Before it was, I think Senator Sam Nunn, who actually you know quite well, he also was a speaker one of our forums. Senator Nunn um, said famous phrase, "Chairman, <clears throat> uh, that we are sleepwalking into nuclear catastrophe." And he said it like yeah. three years ago. Uh, so I picked this term and I started using this. And uh, of course, I always mentioned who who is the author. Uh, like uh, not the same name, like him, like Ray McGovern is author of this Missimet. I never try to author, <laughs> call myself the author of this term. But I uh, said, what what's going on now? We have to stop. And the why way to stop it is to have a summit uh, and the Russia, China, and the United States. It didn't work with uh, um, Trump. Um, so I then appealed to to Biden, and and uh, and uh, fortunately, Washington Times keeps. Uh, despite, I'm pretty sure that editorials, they don't probably like what I'm saying, but at least, you know, it's um, maintain integrity of, uh, it's, it's a real example. <clears throat> yeah. But mainstream media, allows, I'm grateful that, uh, you know, it's probably the rare case when mainstream media allows like, a different opinion. Um, and so it's only, we have immediately, we have to immediately have as soon as possible, because every time we can have some incident, uh, yeah. and this, this tragedy can happen not by design, but sometimes uh, accidents. When when atmosphere is so hot, uh, it's uh, filled with such hatred uh, and uh, and fake stories. Yeah, fake stuff. Yeah. It's extremely dangerous. So, but at this point, I'm pretty sure that uh, China and Russia would be ready for this uh, meeting. But so far, Biden is not interested. Uh, he is getting uh, more sanctions. He is calling uh, well, sending arms. He yeah. called him killer. Now he's calling war criminals. But uh, maybe <clears throat> at the end, uh, if um, to maintain what we call integrity, is yes, what Russia is doing now in Ukraine, I, I don't like. Uh, whether putting claims that uh, if he wouldn't done this, then. Uh, Ukrainian forces, which are really um, infiltrated, or not only infiltrated, but really a main, the main um, part of the um, military is uh, what they call neo-Nazis. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. You know, we've done a lot of reporting on the nationalists, you know, Azov and Pravi sector and all that. Tell our audience, you're Ukrainian. And I've been told that, and I was just in Kiev, and I uh, I went across the Moldovan border on foot to get out once the invasion started. But um, tell us about the 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 level of support for the Banderist ideology in Ukraine, in your opinion. Um, if you're talking about general public, mm -hmm. they're not not too high. Uh, yeah. Uh, because well, it just shows that they couldn't get into. Uh, no parliament and uh, uh, generally people despise them and all that. But yeah. they are motivated. They are very well um, equipped, financed, despite the fact that no one else but U.S. Congress, the special resolution of U.S. Congress, you, can, you wouldn't believe it. That, uh, but it's again, everything I said is easily can be checked out. It's called Azov Battalion. Uh, is a terrorist organization. Yeah. And specifically prohibits the US government to fund it. Uh, nevertheless, it's uh, very well <laughs> financed, very well equipped. And actually, now uh, it's most powerful US, you're talking about Ukrainian army, but Azov Battalion, it's grew. Uh, and, um, and they openly have um, neo Nazi ideology. Uh, and they are actually holding uh, the reason, I think, why Russia um, you know, uh, sees such a, um, no, a resistance, uh, such a powerful resistance. Mainly, I think, it's Azov Battalion, the city of Mariupol, yeah. okay, yeah. in Donbass. And so who equipped them? Who gave them all this money and, and, and weapon? 
There's some pictures also available on the web uh, showing them that they show the uh, the uh, all this uh, missiles and, and uh, um, anti-tank uh, which are uh, imported uh, from from Britain and, and from the United States. So how how come if we use Congress specifically? prohibited US government uh, to do that. How come they have all this stuff? So uh, let, let me ask you another question. Ukraine is famously corrupt place for especially the Clintons, Pelosi, Bidens. They've been laundering money. They've been doing all, they've been going after their political opponents in the US from Ukraine. Do you think they are worried about Ukraine falling and losing that playground for lack of a better word? What my worry is that um, I don't see any attempt by Biden administration to to end this war. Yeah, in and fact, so, the opposite. Yeah, and you don't end war if you continue to ship um, new arms, provide yeah. billions uh, of dollars. Uh, of course, Biden uh, he, he said it explicitly. He doesn't want to start World War Three because <laughs> I don't think anyone in Washington wants that. So they don't show any interest in stopping this war. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that those negotiations, usually when, if you recall what was happening during this Kosovo, then there was American mediator, Holbrook, I think. And yeah. He was you know, sitting there and there were two sides, uh, you know, Serbs and Kosovars, and, and they were, of course, they hit each other. But Holbrook was uh, you know, trying to find some kind of a common ground and uh, uh, you compromise on this, you compromise on this. This is, this is what mediator does. Yeah. Uh, I don't see any mediator uh, uh, because at that time, US didn't send new weapons to, to Kosovo. So, <laughs> so here, yeah. this is just just opposite thing. Um, and so um, I wrote many times that um, US policy in Ukraine, it's not really helped Ukrainian uh, no, to be uh, prosperous, uh, free state. All this could have been done in 91. If yeah. this is something that what we advocated, that the uh, U.S. helps both Russia and Ukraine uh, to, you know, to have this difficult transition from communism uh, to freedom, to free market economy, but not by dividing Russia and Ukraine. Uh, but simply Ukraine could benefit again the same way as Poland and all these European countries uh, and of course Ukraine and Georgia uh, they so many years maintained such strong uh, economic uh, contacts they of course didn't like political system so why you break if you break something uh, why don't you keep good things there are many good things East Europe was getting Russian oil and, and gas all basically for free and Ukraine uh, also was getting, even after collapse of the Soviet Union, Ukraine was getting all this uh, at huge discount prices and all this right. stuff. So I, ideally for Ukraine, Ukraine can be as prosperous as, as Switzerland if it maintained neutral steps. Yes. Uh, but but uh, instead of that, Ukraine was pushed into NATO with all those coups, with Yushchenko and then with um, uh, no, yeah. Poroshenko. Uh, yeah. it, it's just terrible. It's, it makes me uh, feel, um, I don't just say said it's not enough yeah i know uh, it's just, just horrible it's just all my dream yeah. uh it's all kind of all, all the work i did actually i gave up my professorship and to to build this um uh us russia and, and ukraine alliance and it's all kind of gone and uh all my work is um in mm. shambles and the only thing now is left is simply to pray that we don't enter into world war three uh yeah. At this point, I don't see any positive movement uh, toward this goal. Um, and of course, uh, it's Washington. So maybe uh, through you, my appeal to Washington, maybe maybe it's time to stop and uh, save this planet. And you know, it's just interesting that um, uh, I'm not uh, by training. I already mentioned that I'm a, a physicist, actually a nuclear physicist know a lot about nuclear war and all that, uh, nuclear weapons. Um, but um, suddenly, you know, when in time of uh, like despair, uh, whatever, and I, I became a composer. <laughs> 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 and I composed a, a, you know, a tune uh, <clears throat> uh, 
uh, it's called Edward's Vows for Peace. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will send you the link, maybe. Please, please. You should. Uh, and this, uh, what I did, I said, uh, music with um, videos. And I show all those um, great cities, all the cities which we have on Earth. Uh, and of course, Washington and Moscow and Kiev, by the way, yeah. Kiev, my, my, my native country and all that. And of course, London, Paris, all those cities go with music. Uh, and then there's some uh, uh, statements that that's such a beautiful planet. So why, why are we going to destroy it? Uh, yeah. For what? what purpose? For hegemony? For what? Because it's a great thing. It's win-win. Uh, it's obvious that uh, if we work together, we can win uh, on many, many. There's so many things we can do together uh, and win. Uh, and, and then uh, two last slides. Um, uh, it's uh, Hiroshima. Uh, Nagasaki, uh, and this is yeah. what, from all this beauty, you get this, and final slide is beautiful, our beautiful planet, uh, and uh, I will share this link, and again, it Please is, do. sometimes, you know, you can, inspiration comes from despair, I, I, I am despaired, I can sleep at night, uh, it's it just horrible, horrible thing, yeah. uh, so, well, Ed, I mean, you've, you have amazing insight. We'd like to have you back on down the road and as things develop, but also feel free to write or whatever you want to do and, and submit to us and we will, we will publish whatever you feel like getting out because I think you're very knowledgeable more than most. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, my fear is that these globalists want some kind of conflict because they are losing here in the U S and they know that, uh, the people are not going to stand for this, so they're trying to do something. But anyway, thank okay. you for your time, and I want to have you back on, you know, in a few weeks, if that's okay with you. Okay, sure. Well, if we, if we survive, <laughs> yeah. If, if there's no World War Three, yeah, let's hope and pray. Exactly. Okay. All okay. right, Ed. Thank so you very I'll, much, my friend. If, for example, you could use at least part. This video is not very long. Um, but at least if you I'll put it up. I'll post it. Yeah, we'll post it. Okay. We'll post it. Very good. Thank you, Ed. Take okay. care.